Scott. Uh, just a couple of things while so I've got your attention. Um, we've got a new house group. So if you're not part of a house group or a small group and are looking to, we'd like to go to one, we, we have one that meets in our house. It's on a, a Wednesday. We call it the pastor's table where we sit around, we eat, we eat together, cakes and biscuits and, and drink, and then we just uh, look at the scriptures together. So that's a Wednesday. If you're not part of a small group and like to be part of one, then do come and speak to me afterwards. Next week... Next week, we are building bird, bird houses here as part of our uh, um, caring for the world, our part of our creation care group. So, um, so do join us next week. And, and is that going to be in here or upstairs, Catherine? Or right at the back? Upstairs. So, yeah, join it. It'll be fun. Let's go make some uh, bird boxes together. So. Cool. Well, let's uh, open the scriptures together. We're, we're, we're in um, Acts chapter 10. Um, Peter is in trouble. I love it. So uh, not just me who gets into trouble, even Peter got into trouble. And it's all because he was, um, it says that he was hungry. And, uh, and as the food was being prepared, he went up into the roof. And when he was up in the roof, he fell into a trance and he had this vision. And the vision was uh, this, this um, cloth, this blanket came down from heaven filled with all the things that you're not supposed to eat. And Peter looks at it, and it's full of like uh, animals and reptiles and things. And he looks at it and goes, oh. And, and, and the voice says, kill and eat. He went, yes, not me. I'm a good Jewish boy. I wouldn't eat that. And the voice says, the voice says, what I have made is not impure, but it is clean. Anyway, the sheet goes back up to the heaven. And Peter's thinking, what was that about? Next thing, the sheep comes back down. Same thing, same animals, same reptiles. And the voice comes back, kill and eat. And he's like, no. Same voice. What I've made isn't impure, but is, is made clean. Eat. The sheep goes back up to heaven. Now Peter's really thinking, what's going on? When a third time, same thing. Sheep comes down, same animals, same voice, same things. And it goes back up and he's thinking, oh, what, what's going on? And in that point, the voice says, someone's come to the door. I want you to go with them. Well, at the same time, about a day before, there was a man called Cornelius. Now, he, he's a, a God-fearer. He's, he's not a Christian. He's not really a believer, but he's on the right track. But he's been doing some good stuff, and he's been praying to God, and God has turned up as a, an, an, well, he sent an angel, and the angel has said, um, I want you to go and get a guy called Peter. He's in a place called Joppa. Okay, so go, and, go and fetch him, bring him back to your house, and he will explain things from there. So that's what's happened. So he sent his, his servants off, so the three of them have now turned up to the door where Peter is. Now, this is all pretty fine. You're all thinking, well, that's easy. You know what I mean? That's pretty straightforward. But not if you're a good Jewish boy, which Peter was. I mean, he'd never been in the house that belonged to a gentle, a non-Jew. Never been in a house with a non-Jew. Why? Because it breaks rules. He's never eaten with a gentle. Why? Because it breaks the rules. But now he's had this vision saying, look, what I call pure and impure is the thing. And he said, I had this vision and these people have turned up the door and I've been told to go with them. So what's he going to do? Is he going to break the rules or not? 
And so he decides that he will break the rules. And he goes and he eats. And when he's eating, he explains to this man called Cornelius, this Roman centurion, about God. And as he's explaining and teaching and telling them things, the Holy Spirit comes upon this man. And it says him and his family start to speak in tongues. It's the only second time we ever hear this happening. And, uh, and the reason why they know they're speaking in tongues is because they can understand them. So I imagine these people who can't speak Hebrew and Aramaic are starting to speak in the language of those who had been sent. And Peter then knew that this spirit had been given not just to the Jews, but to the whole world. That, that Christianity, that Jesus, isn't just for the Jewish nation, it's for everybody. Well, it goes on, it goes on and on from here, because I don't know if you know, but Peter, uh, sorry, Paul had, had heard from God, had been converted, and had been told that he was going to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Well, Paul had been kicking around for almost 12 years. He'd been in Antioch, and nothing had happened. Not until this point, and at this point, suddenly he's sent for and commissioned and sent to take the word into the Gentile world. And people like me and you then got to hear about Jesus because of what Paul and what Peter did. But there was a problem, and the problem was this. Some people were going around after, after Peter saying, look, Peter's theology is a little bit dodgy, so we've come to enlighten you, okay, to tell you what the truth is. If you want to be a Christian, then there's a little op that you have to have, okay? Well, the church, I imagine, was full of men and women, but all the guys, they were hanging around outside in the, in the cars going, I'm not sure if I want to go in, um, if I've got to have a little op. And so they were saying, unless you've been circumcised, you can't be a Christian. And this became a big issue in the churches. And you get to Acts chapter 15, and it's such a problem that they, they, they have this big council meeting in Jerusalem to solve it. And this is massive for the church. Absolutely massive. Because they start to say, are we going to follow the rules of Moses? Or are we going to follow the rules of Jesus? And it comes to a point where the church has to realize that Jesus has come and it's their, his rules that we're following and that the old ways, the old days have passed. And then I love verse 19, which says, taking his glasses off to read, um, it says, In my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. I have a friend who has this written above his desk. He's sort of paraphrased it a little bit. He says, let's not make it difficult for people to find God. So we are in this bit where we're looking at our vision. Oh, I've got PowerPoints and everything like that. And I've missed all the verses out. Um, work. There we go. I knew it would be there. 
So we, we have this, this, this um, purpose of who we are as a church, and we put it around the letters of NBC. And we all know it, don't we? Yes. Uh, and they are? More like Jesus, yep. Being family. <laughs> you guys are like, uh, the other one's uh, the C one, you know what I mean? Uh, caring for someone? Uh, it is. More like Jesus. Is it working? Yeah. Um, being family and centered in community. Now, we've done the first two. So we, before Christmas, we've spoken on uh, more like Jesus, or after, sorry, Christmas, more like Jesus and being family. And today, we're starting to look at centered in community. What is centered in community? What are we talking about when we're talking about this? This is where we believe that God has taken us and has sent us into the world to spread his good news. And so we're going to look at this through the lens of our, our, our values, which are welcoming, authentic, loving, expectant, and serving. So today we're looking at welcoming. And if you look, it spells Wales, so you can memorize it. Okay, the setting greatest country in the UK, Wales. There for you. Where is Danny? Wales. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Where's, where's Liz? Scotland. Okay. <laughs> so, let's go. So, so this was his, his accusation that, uh, from, 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 from the people uh, back there. He says, you went into a house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. You can't do that. That's, that's not, you ever done anything that's just been a bit awkward? I imagine it must have been really awkward for, for Peter to do something like that. I'm not very good at meeting new people. You know what I mean? If, if, if I go to a party, I'm not really the party animal. Um, I sometimes can bluff it, but I, I'm really, the, I, I, you know what I mean? I, I'm quite shy, really. Um, anyway, I'd been invited by um, a group to, to go and join them for a meal. Um, and it, it was people I'd never met before. They were all youth and children's workers, and they invited me out for a meal. And I thought, oh, how lovely. And so they'd said the name of the pub, and when I got there, as I'm looking around the pub, there didn't seem to be many groups. In fact, there was one group, and I thought, well, they're a bit strange looking, but that must be the group. So I joined in this group, and they bought me a drink, and they were happy, and, and then they said something to me, and I thought, a bit strange, but I'll go with it. They said, which branch are you from? And I said, Worcester, Worcester, way! They cheered, get the man a drink. And, and I said, oh, why are we all celebrating? And went, Barry, it's Barry's last day. And I went, oh, sorry, Barry, yeah? And, and where are you being, Barry? Oh, I've been in Kidderminster, he says. All oh, right, and, and what's happening to you, Barry? Where are you going? He's going, oh, oh, I'm going down south, going to Taunton, Taunton Branch. I'm like, Branch, what's wrong with church? <laughs> Anyway, I was having a great time here, and we ordered what my food was and everything. When I had a tap in the shoulder, he went, are you Steve? I went, yeah. She went, you're in the wrong group. <laughs> We're over there, and there's like four people over there. I went, oh, you're not this group. <laughs> and I went, oh. I went, who are you guys? I went, we're from, um, we're from Juicens. <laughs> <laughs> you're not from Juicens, are you? I went, No. <laughs> You're not from the Wooster branch. 
well, yes, but not your bridge. <laughs> and I had to apologize, and I felt really embarrassed and awkward and walked away and joined a new group. We have to do sometimes things that are awkward, don't we? Peter had to do this really awkward thing and go to somewhere where he'd never been ever in his life. And imagine he'd be sitting thinking, oh, mom's not going to be happy with me now, or, you know what I mean, what are the people going to think? But that's where God had asked him to go. Have we got any football fans in today? Any Forest Green Rovers fans in today? Oh, did, were you there yesterday? Yeah, I bet you it was uh, packed out. And, uh, yeah. So I don't know if you know, but our, our local team, Forest Green Rovers, won the league. And, uh, and so we have lots of uh, supporters in today. But uh, this is Arsenal. I am not an Arsenal fan. Have we got any Arsenal fans in? <laughs> I got one he went, oh, nope. <laughs> sort of. Only because you live down the road from it. Arsenal, there's lots of, lots of teams. They, they, they sing. I used to go to football. We used to sing. I'm not, I like the football. I go with Luke. We got to Wills quite a lot together. But I don't like the singing. And they all seem to have little songs for every player. Every player has a ball or scores a goal. They sing a song to them. And it's like, you know, I just think... This isn't me. I'm not singing, singing to grown-up men who kick a ball. It's like... Um, but but there's, there's, there's something that I know Arsenal sing. Is they, they all sing. They go, stand up. If you love the Arsenal, stand up. And the whole ground stands. And they all sing this song together. And I think, wow. And it's quite powerful, isn't it? Yeah, if you, would you like to try it? I know you do. Deep down. Uh, we, we're not going to sing uh, stand up for the Arsenal. But, but how about this one? Stand up. If you love Jesus, stand up. <laughs> bit worried now. <laughs> I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> sit down, sit down. I know you all love Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. I wish you'd made it easier. I wish you said something along the lines, if you love me, you'll sing songs to me. Because that would be nice and easy. Because we all like that, don't we? We like singing our songs. And I don't mind singing to Jesus. I'm not singing to other player, football players. But to Jesus, I don't mind singing a song. That's not what he says. He says, if you love me, you will... Obey me. And I'm trying to think of the, trying to think of the, well, what, what does he mean? What, what are the commands then that we've got to obey? If you if love me, then you'll keep my commands. What are these commands? A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Have you been spotted? Have people come up and go, God, you've got to be one of them. I can tell by the way that you love people. Or what about this one? Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. How are we getting on with that one? 
You think we should write in and go, oh, Jesus, they're great, but we, we've come to the conclusion we prefer singing. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. You know, in this world, we, I don't know if you know, next door, we, we've got, we used to have an office next door. We've moved it to the back. But on the door, the back of the door, we have this. It's at 94. It actually doesn't have percent. It only has 94. And it's a reminder. Well, it was a reminder for me and Danny that 94. And that people used to ask, what's the 94? And it's 94% of our country don't follow Jesus. 6% do, but 94% don't. We had revival um, oh, about three years ago. I think uh, Naomi left the office and as she shut the door, the nine fell off. <laughs> but only 6% only 6% of people in this country follow Jesus. And if you, if you put them in a, a little bubble, that's that 6% of 100, like little gathered. That's a bit like church. There's, there's us little six up there all meeting today all over the country. Our six little red dots meeting, how exciting that is. But if we're going to make an impact on this world... We've got to share and live and be who we're called to be. Not in a little huddle like that in the corner, but more like this, scattered out in the world. You see, God is giving you a mission and a calling. And I'm not going to terrify you by saying, right, now we're all going to go out and we're going to chap all the doors up and down the street and tell them about Jesus. No, that's too easy. Because God has given you a special mission field. You see, only you have communities around you that is for you. You see, for me, I have friends who don't know Jesus. You don't know them, but I know them quite well. I got quite excited in, in, in the lockdown because some of my friends started to come and watch our services online. And I think one or two still do occasionally. But they've never been to church with me over the years. And I've been saying, come on, you'll love it. I know they're strange, but you'll love it. So uh, come along. Um, but they're my friends. That's my community to make a difference. It's, I, have, I have family. Not all my family follow Jesus. And I have family that God has called me to be a witness in. I have neighbors that you don't have. That God has called me to be a light there in, in our community. I play golf. And the people, you know what I mean, sometimes that I play golf with don't know Jesus. And I'm called to be light in that place. And we could sit and say all the same thing that where you work, where you live, who your family is, where you do sports and enjoy things, is you have a community around you. And what God is calling us to do is to make a difference in the place where you are. You've, you have a community where you've been called to go to. You have a community where you've been called to be light. And you have a community where you're called to be love. You know, some of the people that you work with, live with, that your family members too, will be, you'll be the Christian they'll ever meet. 
Isn't that weird? Isn't that a bit scary that you're it? Now, if you're Mr. Grumpy Drawers, okay, or you're, 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 I mean, you're, you're down on everything. Well, we don't like this. We don't like this or this or this or this. It makes a difference. You see, if we're the only Christian people sees, this is what they judge us by. Jesus called us to be a people of love. They will know that you're a Christian by the way that you love other people. We're called to make a difference by the way that we live, the way that we speak, the way that we love, the way that we talk. There was once a king, and he, he was uh, recruiting, and he recruited this soldier, and he gave him a bunch of armor. You can guess it's the old days. And, uh, and he said, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the far post of our kingdom, and I want you to set up there, and I just want you to stand. And I don't want you to bow to any other king. I want you to be mine. I want you to stand. Will you do it? Well, this guy was a young guy, and he was very, very passionate for his king. He said, of course I will. And he got sent miles and miles away. And he got there, and he went into this town. He said, this is where I'll make my stand. And he stood with his armor on. And he stood, and he stood, and he stood. And he knew that one day his king would turn up. But he stood, and he waited for his king to come. One day as he was waiting, it says, uh, along came a drunk. And he sort of wobbled all the way down the street, as they do. And as he got just in front of him, they say there was a drop step. And as he got to the drop step, he fell straight on his face. And as he lay there on the, on the floor, whining and whinging, the soldier stood and he looked down. And he thought, I'm not bending my knees to anybody Especially not a drunk. Anyway, eventually he got up and he wandered off. But it wasn't, it wasn't that long. A few more days when along came a woman. And she had bags of shopping. And as she got to that place and stepped down that step, she missed her feeting. And those bags split open and all her stuff went everywhere. She was old and she was poor and what she had meant a lot to her. And as he looked and saw everything falling down, he said, I could bend down and, and help her, but I'm not bending my knee to anyone but my king. And he watched her grab her stuff and uh, patch her knee up and walk off. And he stood there. And there was a, an, a, another thing happened a few days after that. So he was standing there. Along came a woman, and she had four children. She was young. And these kids were all under five. And they were all hungry. And they were all at that point of the day where you think, it's bedtime. I know it's only two in the afternoon, but it's bedtime for everybody. Bed. It said the kids were screaming and shouting and pushing and pulling each other's hair. And, she, and this mom had had enough. And, she's like, and it said she got to that point and she fell on her knees and tears streaming from her eyes. She just needed a break. And this soldier looked down and said, I will not bow my knee to anybody but my king. So years went by. More and more of these things happened. But eventually, one day, the king did turn up. 
And this poor soldier, he couldn't bend his knee to his king because over the years his armor had rusted and he could no longer bend. And the king was not happy with him. And he said, why aren't you happy with me? He says, because you didn't bow the knee when I came. He says, I can't. I'm rusted up. He says, oh, you didn't bow it years ago when I came as a drunk. And you just looked down your nose at me. And you didn't bow your knee when I came as a woman. And I needed help. And you ignored me. Or when I came with all those kids. And you could have made a difference. And you just watched me struggle. And we all know the story from the Bible, don't we? I was hungry and you could have fed me. I was thirsty and you never gave me anything to drink. I was naked and you just left me that way. I was a prisoner and you didn't visit. You see, we're called to make a difference in this world. We're called to be centered in our community, to be the one who's different, the one who brings light and love. And if we're not doing it, then we're not doing what we're called to do. We can turn up here and sing our songs, but we've been called to do something that's far more important. Loving like the Father does. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting love. We need to love like God. We need to love like Jesus. We need to, to welcome and include We need to welcome the, the unpopular, the foreigner, the fallen, the enemy. We're called to be a difference. No matter what people look like, how they behave, how angry they are with us, how, how bad they've made our lives. I have, I have a friend um, called Alistair of all names, from Scotland. When I was a child, he was called Alistair. And uh, he, he, he was great. We were good friends. But he went to work. His job is he made molds of, you know when you buy, like, um, if you buy a TV, it comes with all that polystyrene. He was the one who sort of makes the molds before they make it into polystyrene to, to protect it. Anyway, at work, his three colleagues made his life hell because he was a Christian. And he would come into our youth group and tell how bad it had been. And over the years, he, he used to say, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that one day they will find Jesus. And, 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 and every time he prayed, he'd come in and tell these horror stories of how they treated him. Anyway, I went off to Bible college and doing ministry. And about eight, nine years, I turned back up and I said say to Alistair, oh, are you still doing the same job? And he went, yeah, yeah. And I said, you're still getting picked on by these same guys. He went, no, no. I say, what, what, have they moved on or what? He goes, no, they're here. They come. They're Christians. They love God. And over the years, he just lived his simple, beautiful life out. And they saw that what, how he behaved and, and how he loved was true and real. Not because of what, I mean, by proving that God was real, but just living his life in front of them changed their minds, changed their lives. We've got to be welcoming, including. Not judging. Making assumptions and, and generalizations. Condemning without mercy. Because we've got to be like our God. 
Remember when, when Jesus was around and he dragged this woman towards her and he said, well, we caught her in adultery. And Jesus says, okay, let the man who has committed no sin throw the first stone. And the older ones first dropped their stones and then the younger ones. And eventually everyone walked away. And Jesus says, no one condemns her. She says, no one condemns you, no, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And you know, we focus on that story and go, yeah, she needs to sin no more. But there was hundreds of sinners there that morning. Hundreds. But all the men walked home. And only she was spoken to by Jesus. Let us welcome people, whatever their condition, with love, not judging, but looking for the best and looking to see what God can do. Letting go of anger, praying for and seeking to bless our enemies. It's easy to pray for the Ukrainians, but we should be praying for the Russians too that God blesses them, that God speaks to them. Seeking the lost, the despairing, the confused, the guilty. Being good news to the poor. Looking to help, to change, to give. We're called to make a difference in this world. Let's be that difference. Let's be that light and that love. And I tell you that we'll see this world turn upside down if we live and work that way. Let me pray. So, Father, I pray today that you bless us. I thank you that you put us into communities, you know, families and streets where we live and, and places where we work to, to, to be different. And I pray that we'll live a life that speaks of you. May we love like you. May we shine like you in this dark world. For we ask this in your name. Amen. Now we've got a song first.